Hello and welcome to The Queer Experience. I'm your host, Eric Carmine. I use he, they pronouns. And today we are talking about one of my favorite things, which is horror movies, horror video games, just horror in, in general. Um, and so I've, I've assembled some experts in horror um, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. I'll go down the line. Ian, if you want to start, if everyone wants to do name, pronouns, and then maybe what was your first memory of a horror movie or thing that got you kind of into all of this nonsense? My name is Ian Carlos Crawford. I use he, him pronouns. And I always say scream is what got me into horror. I watched horror before, but it like always just scared me as a kid. Like it was just like, oh, that shit's scary. And then I rented Scream from Blockbuster with my next door neighbors and we watched it in his older sister's room and I fell in love. And that was what made me like love horror. Nice. I still remember reading all the spoilers for Scream 1 before I saw it the first time because I was so scared to watch a horror movie. So I did all the research before I ever even watched the movie. (laughs) Well, when it came out and I was a child, there was no research to be done. There wasn't uh, internet. (laughs) All right. Next up we got we have Espy. Oh, hello, everybody. My name is S.B. Simone, S.B. Azalea Simone, if you want the whole legal. Um, I am a Twitch streamer, pronouns any. Just be respectful, and if you don't, I will curse you out. Um, my first experience with horror actually started, I was at my aunt's house. I think I was like five or six, and it was late night, and a movie came on. I don't know if y'all ever saw it. It's called The Blob. It was made in the 1950s, <laughs> and it came on, and I watched it all, and I was so scared that I couldn't go to sleep that the only thing I could do is watch more things. And the next thing that came on was Halloween with Michael Myers. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to watch it. And I just, I, I got hooked. And I was scared of the dark growing up, but for some reason, the only way I could go to sleep at that point was to turn on the hallway light and then watch horror movies. I feel like the number of people who are like, oh, this is my comfort movie. Let's watch this grotesque horror. <laughs> it makes me feel good. Those are the best kinds of people, though. The people who just are only into animated films. Those are the darkest sorts of motherfuckers. <laughs> and Zach, yeah. you'd like to introduce yourself. My name is Zachary Patton Garcia. Pronouns he, him. And uh, so I just remember horror always being there. I think my parents were – I was the trial child, so – They just let me watch whatever, whatever they were watching, right? And my dad was super into horror movies. And so, like, the Scream franchise, uh, Chucky, all of those were just, like, immediately baked into my memory. So I don't really remember first-time watches, but I remember watching Laurie Strode's chase scene and that being what, like, just made me obsessed, right? A final girl chase scene, and then I remembered Sydney, her chase scene, and... All of those sorts of things. So it was any any sort of uh, final girl battle was was my true calling to horror, I guess. Nice. Yeah, I think mine. So I horror like traumatized me as like a small child, and I can't remember which one I saw first. But I remember two distinct scenes. One being the Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's Johnny Depp's character. Is it Johnny Depp? Who like gets sucked into the bed. That's insane. Yeah. And like all the blood spurts out on the ceiling. Like I was like six or seven years old and it was like randomly on at someone's house. And I saw that. And then the other one, I think it might have been a Chucky movie, but it was like someone in like a bathroom stall. The toilet starts overflowing and something comes out of it and like tries to murder the person. And I don't I think it was a child's play movie. I don't, I don't know what that is, but that sounds like so familiar. I have this like weird like 
unlocked memory in my brain and I've never been able to find what it is, but I always like said it was a blood monster, like something coming out of the toilet. So I wonder if we're talking about the same thing as Will. Um, Maybe hmm. all I remember, it was just like, it was like a random scene. And then like, I freaked out and I left the room and then I didn't, I don't think that, I think the next thing I watched was actually scream hmm. where, and it was like back when it like first came on VHS. And then I, I literally went on online and read like synopsis and it gave the whole, it, the whole breakdown on like some discussion board about who was going to live and die. I know what movie you're talking about, Eric. What movie am I talking about? It's Ghoulies. Oh. I just Googled it to make sure. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's called Ghouls and it's Ghoulies. It's like okay. the little green monster comes out of the toilet, right? Because that terrified me as a kid. Because I think I saw that as like a million dollar movie late night on like ABC or wherever they played that. <laughs> well, now I, now I know the source of my childhood trauma. This is great. I'm glad we've... <laughs> so... My so the the point of doing all this is that there is this like undercurrent of queer folks and 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 an attraction to horror as a genre. Um, like I know SB streams a lot of Dead by Daylight and some other horror games, and like I was kind of I was the same while I was streaming. It was a lot of horror stuff plus all the movies. And Ian and Zach co-host uh, My Bloody Judy, which is a dedicated horror podcast. Um, so we all clearly like have a, a deep admiration and love for it. And I'm just curious for folks. What is it about horror that seems to, in your, you know, opinion or your experiences that has drawn you to it? And maybe like what has drawn kind of our community to really appreciate horror in a way that like maybe other communities don't? I know that's a very big question, so. Yeah, me and Ian talk about this a lot too. And my answer just seems to change from recording to recording, but it always sort sort of ties into, um, being othered and the fight that that comes with and it always goes down to a final girl right i i can never i I never remember myself having had huge admiration for like the monsters like a lot of people do but always a final girl always a final girl right Mm -hmm. um and uh, is that kind of where you would go ian (laughs) you want to bounce off that one i feel like one brain yeah, I would say at this point, Zach, you could fucking answer for me. You could be like, and Ian thinks this, and it would be correct. <laughs> um, um, Esme, what do you what do you have? Repeat the question for me one more time. I got short-term memory loss. No, you're good. So I think the question was just like, what is it about horror that really attracts the like queer community or queer folks? Like, I'm thinking like we took over like the Babadook within like a month of that movie being out, and he was like an icon at Pride Parades. And so I'm just kind of curious, like either for you or thinking more broadly, like what is it about horror that has drawn folks into it? So for me, and this might sound so weird, but like, I just know that these antagonists, the killers, they just be fine as hell when they alive. Like look at Jason. (laughs) You cannot tell me Jason was not ripped and buffed when he was alive. Look at Michael Myers. You cannot tell me under that mask, he is not fine as hell. Look at Ghostface. Actually, in my Twitch chat, we have a nickname for Ghostface. His name is um, Heavy Dong Long Schlong Ghost Ride My Face. Um, And that man is beautiful. Um, So I think just men is what attracted me to horror. And it sucks that they was killing people. But like, you know, it was just like, damn, you kind of... But it's like pretend killing, so it's okay, right? We can can still... (laughs) You kind of buff. What's good? The only one that's just ugly is Freddy Krueger. Yeah. (laughs) Freddy Krueger was never good looking. I don't know. No. Jason Jason has swamp ass. I don't know if I meant if I meant to <laughs> Jason. <laughs> I think I would leave Jason out. 
Yeah, you know, um, I didn't think about it that far. Um, you take off the clothes and his skin is falling off. Stop, you know? stop. No, <laughs> I'm not questioning no, but everything I, now. <laughs> but, I, but I do agree, because like, especially with like the Scream franchise and like the first movie in particular, which later on they were like, oh yeah, those two killers were definitely gay for each other. And like, just couldn't express it or do do anything. I do think there's something like there is a little bit of like that attraction to like, I mean, Matthew Lillard alone, like in that movie with his tongue hanging out everywhere, I was like, you could you could stab me and I would probably just say thank you. And like, that's fine. It's Uh, the goofy dick. It's the goofy (laughs) dick mixed with the killer dick. And like, I feel like you get a right. Yeah. And I I do also think with, with some of the movie, like, I mean, there's like a level of camp and like weirdness to all of it that I think also that like helped draw me in a little bit. Like I love like the ridiculous, like B horror movies where it's like, this is so bad, but it's so good. Um, it was the one I think it was dead cam, which was like a, it's like a found footage with like basically like a, a, a Twitch streamer who's like trying to redeem himself by going to a haunted oh, house. Was it called yeah. dead stream? Dead stream. Yeah. Dead stream. That's right. And like, it was so campy and stupid, but I fucking loved it. Like I ate it up. Cause I was like, this is, it's just ridiculous. But I was still kind of on the edge of my seat a little bit at times. Yeah, it took us a second um, that, to like get into that one because me and Ian watched it. I don't even think we recorded for it. I think it was just no, we just watched not. it. Yeah, and it, it took me a second to get into like the silliness of it because I thought he was going to drop character, but he he goes for it the entire the entire movie, and um, it's it's just really impressive what he did with clearly such a small budget and limited yeah. cast and limited resources. But it is it is so campy. I think thinking about camp also, it leads me to think about scary movie and like mm. scary movie one, two, three, four. Oh, I forgot how many they had. But that was another thing that really drew me drew me in because we got to see Brenda, who is probably one of my favorite characters to ever come out of a horror universe. I say say it with quotes. Y'all can't see me doing the quotes, but I'm doing it. Because I don't <laughs> It wasn't really that scary, even though Scary Movie 3 did kind of scare me to where I couldn't sleep that much. But that's just because Sadako really, really scares me. Um, (laughs) But to see something like that, I was just like, wow, this is nice. This is a comedic relief. And you never really see Black people as the comedic relief in horror movies. And I think that was the first time we got a horror-esque. I'm doing the air quotes again, y'all. <laughs> a movie where we have that black person that is just literally the comedy of the entire movie. And she's so good. She's so fucking funny. <laughs> mm, chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I just I need I need her to be in Dead by Daylight, and I need that to happen like yesterday. <laughs> oh, what an idea! Which now, one I is just... the one? Which one is the Crucible one? Because that makes me laugh when she's like, I forget the way she delivers the like words, but she's like, some shit we shall not put up with oh, or like was, something like that was four wasn't it it was, it was one of the it i know it's the a village one. yeah oh yeah it's the village not the crucible yeah <laughs> but yeah i think yeah and Bre- i mean brenda continues to be like an iconic character i think even if you haven't seen those movies in a super long time every time i see memes pop up or she's yelling about something it's the it's always the cindy that it's just bones and her grabbing the skeleton <laughs> and like beating him with it and she also gets to be the character that because in horror movies are ridiculous, right? And you get you will often see a character that has died in one sequel and comes back in another. And Brenda gets to do that every single movie. She'll die, but she'll be back very next movie. Yeah, I did. And I look like at that. yeah, and because the scary movies have literally no rules; they're just to be as absolutely absurd as humanly possible. So, like, mm. you can keep bringing the people back over and over again. 
Um, and I, there's a movie coming out that I, and I'm going to blank on the name of it, but the, the cast picture, it's an all black cast as a horror. I think it's like a horror comedy. And it's like, not like, not all of us can die first was like the tagline under the title. And like, I love that we're like getting to places where we're leaning more into some of those like very clear tropes and like getting to play around with them and have fun with them. I know Scream 2 did that with the cameraman who was like, listen, I know what happens to black people in a movie. I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge. And he got to live. Like he was smart. He left. And then he lived by the end of the movie. Then he said, I'm never coming back to this franchise either. You're not doing it to me. <laughs> said, You're not doing it to me. I'm gone. <laughs> I will not return. I will not be your fodder for whomever. The so, Blackening. The Blackening is the name of the movie. The, there we go. That was yeah. it. I just want to point out, I was trying to find the name of that movie, and when I saw it, I saw a tweet that said, the tagline should be the name of the movie. Yes. I saw that too, yeah. In this moment, I'm like, yeah, you're right, because I remember the tagline, but yes. I, I literally did not remember the name of the movie, and I could not search it to find it. But yes, yes. Because <laughs> yeah. that is a good name. That really is. Oh, yeah. Like, you all can't, we you can't die first or whatever, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you, Eric. <laughs> no, no, you're good. So I think, for, and for for all of us, like, are there are there movies that you know? I know we talked about like our first movies. Are there movies for you all that like when you were kind of you know in a first watching horror or like certain types of horror that you felt more drawn to? Like I've been on a, a found footage kick for the past like two months. I don't know why I binged all the Paranormal Activity movies in like two weeks because apparently I don't have a life. But like, <laughs> but I'm curious. Like, are there are there because horror is such a huge genre. So are there like sub some of the, what what kind of horror are you most drawn to these days? Hmm. These days, I feel like ever since I started my bloody duty with the end, it's been like perpetual slashers. Um, I've been like stuck in perpetual slashers for like the last two years. But before that, I was always into a ghost story. It was always a ghost story, you know, um, mm-hmm. loved my slashers, but a supernatural ghost story was always uh, really big for me. Yeah, it's it's weird because like Scream is my favorite. I feel like slashers tend to be my favorite, but like I slashers are easier to pique my interest if it's like a Scream or Halloween. But like usually, the type of horror I would watch is more like a supernatural something. It doesn't have to be like ghosts, but like something supernatural. Um, and like when I try to write horror, that's what I go for. I don't try to write like oh, there's like a regular guy who's just killing people. It's always like. Gotta be a monster, gotta be, like, a demon, gotta be... But also, I think mm. that's, like... I mean, I... Zach also co-hosts a Buffy podcast with me. Like, I think it goes back to Buffy. Like, that's my favorite thing. And, like, that also helped me get more into horror, I think. Because, like, Scream was my first, and then Buffy came out later. And, like, you know, Buffy's very horror-light, right? It's not, like, right. scaring you, but it is still in the genre. And I think that's what, like... That's why I'm tend to be more attracted to that even though like zach just said on my bloody judy i don't think we've covered many not a whole lot of supernatural we've pretty much been stuck (laughs) on slashers but i think any any sort of like horror that i can i can revisit and and re-examine like it re-examining horror is is really big for me and if there's something i watch and i feel like i can't get anything out of it with future watches i usually don't return to those but if i can re-examine through a multitude of different lenses i i i always end up back at those and scream is like that franchise that you can just do that over and over and over and get something new out of it every time yeah what about you sp i would a hundred percent say slashers are the horror movies that just keep me going and it all it's all because 
Michael Myers. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, whenever I first saw scary movies on accident, it was The Blob followed by Halloween. And for the longest, even now, I still get kind of confused as to how can Michael Myers walk the entire time and still catch up with you? And that scares <laughs> me because I don't run that much. Y'all see me. I'm a big burly bitch. Um, so exercising <laughs> is not my thing. So I think to myself, if Michael Myers was there behind me walking, you mean to tell me that even my walking pace is too slow and I'm going to get caught up to and murdered? So that's ones that I always go back to. It scares me, but it it's my comfort movie. Like, if I'm ever in a mood and I'm like, oh, I need to watch something scary, I'm always going to put on Halloween. There's such a true crime aspect with Halloween also. The uh, the whole, like, anything true crime will just send shivers down my, down my spine. And Halloween is just so true crime, right? Like, this, this, if you just isolate it to the, even just the very first movie, um, this event that happened in this small town that you've heard, you know, your friend talk about, they know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who happened in their town. It just, it, it really goes along with that. And it's terrifying. Has anybody ever tried the Michael Myers challenge where, like, you get somebody to, you, you like – me and my husband do this sometimes, so we'll be like walking from the car to the front door or something. And somebody will say, Michael Myers challenge, and the other one has to get to the front door, unlock it, and get inside before <laughs> before the one of us like catches up. But we have to like walk to catch up, and it like it truly gets your heart going. It's like it's real scary. It gets really, really, really creepy. And another movie that like I always go back to is Jeepers Creepers. Mm-hmm. And – if y'all don't know, I'm from Louisiana, and I used to visit my family all the time in this small town called New Rose. And in order to get to New Rose, you have to drive through. I don't know what kind of plant it is, but it's very tall. It's like cr- corn, wheat, something. And every time I would drive there, I would be scared. What I'm in a car riding, I would be afraid that Jeepers Creepers was going to come get us. So naturally, I would turn on Jeepers Creepers in the car to watch it. I don't know why <laughs> when I get scared of stuff, I just turn on the movie and be like, let me watch it some more. Just to you know, scare no it's, more. It's funny because like, so when Zach and I started doing My Bloody Judy, I, you already know the story I'm going to tell probably, Zach. Um, I would record in our basement and to get the lighting right, <laughs> it would be like I would turn off all the lights and then just have our little, you know, like whatever lights lighting me up. And so when we would finish, the only light switch was at the top of the staircase. So like I would have, to, and I would be like, you're not allowed to hang up because I'm scared. And like, a horror movie won't scare me as much, but like being in the pitch dark basement, that will scare mm-hmm. me. And I like every time Zach would have to wait for me to go back up the steps, turn on the light, come back down, like fold up the shit because I was like too scared. But yeah. And like watching it in a movie, it doesn't scare me as much as real. Like it almost like chills me out. So I get that. And like, I have a friend, uh, Jason, who is a Twitch streamer, Jason Sullivan, and he's co-host of my podcast sometimes. He used to live across the street from a, I think it was a wheat field or a cornfield. Once we went into there to play like, it was like, it was like to play like, um, God, what's that game you play? Is like a teen where you're like running and like you catch Manhunt? each other. Yes, Manhunt. Yeah, that was good. I was so, Zach, you would have been so mad at me. I made my friend Dave hold my hand because I was so scared in this like field and like everyone's just screaming and running around. And I was like, <gasps> And like I made him hold my hand, but then like watching a horror movie, it's like, oh, okay. Like, well, it's because we I don't watch know why. horror movies and we just let that shit imprint into our brains, and and we remember that. And that's when you're in a dark space, you're you've got references to to be scared of. True. I'm like, I know when someone gets killed here. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I remember when it, like the first like as a more not adult, but like as I was in my teens, I went and watched at a drive-in movie theater in the backwoods of Ohio. 
the Blair Witch Project, mm. the original Blair Witch Project, and then had to drive home through the backwoods of Ohio <laughs> to get back to my house. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever actually been more scared than I was after seeing that movie, literally surrounded by cornfields, the woods, et cetera, and then being like, all right, we're going to drive home now. Um, I was like, can we take the main roads? And my stepsister at the time who was driving was like, no, the rainbows main roads won't get us close to the house. Like we have to go this way. And I just sat in the car like, well, I'm, this is it. I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to die today. Movies, all of these movies truly give us the reference points, right? Like, so like I yep. have always been scared of like seeing somebody in a corner because of something like the Blair Witch Project ride. And just as we were talking um, just a second ago about Jeepers Creepers, you know, driving past just some, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm from the South. I, I, have done many a road trip where you're just driving through a bunch of nothing and a bunch of you're driving past a bunch of abandoned buildings and it, there's just such a, a realistic aspect to that where you could be driving down the highway look over and there could be somebody dumping bodies into like some some whatever tunnel thing he was dumping bodies into it's like it it can happen you know and uh our minds just always go back to horror movies but do you mind if we pause on like jeepers creepers for a second i don't um i know that's like a controversial one but um as far as queerness those movies are very very queer oh i was i was actually gonna say i was about to say like can we talk about how like my segue of like homoeroticism in horror movies mm -hmm. and how jeepers creepers 2 with the entire football yes. team on the roof of that school yes. bus gave me some feelings that i had to <laughs> navigate but and I know we, before we start recording, I mentioned like like Nightmare on Elm Street two, um, Freddy's Revenge with like the leather bar gay scene, um, which I know there's been some like stuff that's come out since then from like the director and the, the people that were in the movie about like kind of different the the intentionality of what they were trying to do and and some of that. I know there's a documentary on I think Shutter, the mm -hmm. Scream Queens. Wait, or a I'm in the background of that documentary. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite stupid fun facts is he walks down a staircase and they pause on the staircase and I walk right behind him. So it looks like it's like pausing on me, but it's not. <laughs> but so, so let's, but let's, let's segue over there. Like, I mean, for, for folks, um, and maybe this time I'll, I'll start with Espy. I'll put you on the spot. I know you said Jeepers Creepers, but like, are there other movies you can think of that you watched it and it just, you're like, there is an inherent queerness to this, even if it's not intentional that you've like really appreciated. That is a good question. I I don't even think it's it's very intentional. Um when I think about queerness in film in horror, I think about Chucky and Chucky having a child and Chucky's child literally just being <laughs> just full out queer and when mm -hmm. I was younger and watching it, I was just like, wow. This is interesting. This is very interesting cuz I was young, I didn't really have ways to vocalize that I was a queer person yet, but watching this happen, I was like like hmm. I, I feel that i really feel that i relate to that i i understand what you're going through so that is one that i always think back to when i think about queerness in terms of horror movies and of course you already know if a horror movie got a jock no matter how straight they say the jock is the jock mm -hmm. is always gay <laughs> that is 100 percent true and i and ask me i think build like Building on Chucky, I, the the TV show has done a really good job just like in general. Like I watched the first season and one of the things that sticks with me from that is the kid talking to Chucky about his like gender fluid child 
and being like, oh, like, and you use the right pronouns and Chucky going, well, I'm not a monster. <laughs> like, I'm not going to misgender my t- child, but I will go brutally murder your entire family. I'm not a monster. <laughs> it was so good. And like at the end of that season when he's like, Chucky's like using gay language and he's like, kill the twink because he's like mad at like the boyfriend. Like, I love that. <laughs> I gotta why I, I knew that they had a series because I go to Universal and I keep seeing the posters for it, but I it's never good. actually sat down to watch it. So it sounds like I need to give it a watch. It's yeah, fun, I yeah. think it's I think it's on Shudder at, at this point, I think. Or the because oh, because Shutter and AMC have like a whole thing together where like if you get AMC you also get Shutter so I think they kind of like parse some of their stuff on different platforms. Um, but season one has been popping up on there, and I've been meaning to watch season two. But I, I do like I love that moment though of just like I'm not a monster, like I wouldn't misgender my child, and you're just like that's there's something even though you're you're definitely a bad guy, right? <laughs> I even really, you like, are a monster. <laughs> you are a monster, but I find this so endearing. You got like plus um, what one about point. for <laughs> uh, what about for for Ian or Zach? What are do you have any moments that stand out as kind of either being like just aggressively homoerotic or like actually queer moments in in horror? Um, yeah, so going back to Jeepers Creepers, you know, Jeepers Creepers Two is very, very queer, very, very gay. Um, all of the homoeroticism there, all of the the underlying queerness, but even overt queerness you know uh uh there's a character in that movie named izzy and i feel like because we don't talk about this movie all that often anymore and the, you know for good reason um this is a character that is should be talked about a lot more often because because he he is a queer character he's a gay character um all of his friends everybody who knows him calls he calls him isn't is he or isn't he um because he was seen getting into a fight at a gay bar at one point and this character isn't just there for you know to be some side character who gets like two lines he's almost has like you know this whole full arc you know um he when it comes to taking down the creeper towards the end he even has a lot of agency you know he is pretty instrumental in getting taking the creeper down um he jumps into the truck uh he he speeds down the highway into a cornfield, kicks his friend out, makes his friend in the back get down. He slams on the brakes. Uh, Creeper goes through the windshield and, and um, is, is pretty disarmed from that point. And then there's a shot where you see Izzy crawling away. So he survives as well. So it's, it's just, it's pretty incredible, you know? Um, and I always look for characters like that. And we don't often get those that are so overt. Um, right. And that well, is a especially, really yeah. example. Especially like back then. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I even think about like, um, what was it? Scream, scream four. When one of the, when one of the kids was like getting knifed and he's like, I'm gay. If it helps. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you could have just been like, I'm gay. Yeah. And just like that had been the line. I didn't. Uh, like I, I always feel like they didn't commit to that because he was getting killed. I felt like. Right. Because Kevin Williams and it, they probably were like, eh, we can't have like the first gay character be some guy who just comes out as he's getting killed right um and ian what about for you is there any are there any moments in in horror in terms of like queerness that like really stick out to you um i mean i'm trying not to go back to scream because i always fucking go back to scream but (laughs) like we're gonna go back to scream i but here we are um i do feel like you know even uh god my brain then goes to buffy so of course i go to those two things Because there's something about, like, being, you know, underestimated and whatever, and, like, I just always go back to Gail. 
because Gale would be punished in other horror movies for being ambitious, being kind of shitty. Like, usually that's a role that, like, men are allowed to have and survive. But she's, you know, one of... And I think it's, like, she hit the record for the longest consecutive, like, movies that a final girl is in, I think. Yep. I have yeah, she that. has. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know. I That, for me, like, that's fucking... That's queer, the fact that, like, this, like, kind of shitty dickhead gets to continue, like, thriving and... We even get that, like, she wrote books about it, and it's, like, kind of sleazy, but, like, that's okay. Like, being a dick doesn't mean you deserve to be, like, murdered, right? Mm, and, like, often right. horror movies play that easy, where it's like, oh, look, that person's a dick, now they're gonna get killed. Um, and I just, I don't know, like, and she's underestimated in every every movie, they are underestimating her. Um, but, like, uh, if we're going, like, for, like, the one-for-one, one, like, it is gay, it's gotta be Nightmare on Elm Street too. I don't love that movie, but it is, like... Not even just the leather bar scene, like, the coach gets, like, spanked by a towel naked in the shower, like, and yep. Jeepers Creepers, too, I remember being the first, I think that was the first horror movie that I saw that I was like, wait, is this gay? Well, and he's not even, you know, the, it, it's it's very gay, and he's not even, that character of Izzy isn't just even in, a, a, like, a quick flash, right? Which really amazed me, and when I watched it then, really amazes me now, like, he is one of that main core group, you know, um... I'd actually forgotten about him until you brought him up, Zach. Yeah. Like to me, I'm it's yeah. gay because all like the men are shirtless. Well, Final Boy, we don't we don't talk about <laughs> Final Boys all that often, and I think he would he would have to be up there for me in terms of favorite Final Boys. Yeah, and I think that like I'm thinking I I remember um I think it was Bride of Chucky maybe that there was like a gay character, but he yes. gets like hit by like a bus and explodes. Yeah. Um, where I was like, ooh, a gay character. And that's with my friends. I was like, oh, but he's going to die. I know he's going to die because he's isn't, the gay character. Isn't there a lesbian in one of the Chuckies that gets lit on fire? Probably. Yes. Is that it, feels right. I feel like isn't that's it Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly's, <laughs> Tilly's assistant. Yes. I think it's Jennifer Tilly's assistant. That's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but like, I, I don't know. There's something, and part of the reason I, I put this episode together is that there's there's just something about all of the, you know, and I think I think Ian and, and Zach, I think you all talked about maybe on your pod a little bit of like that the the feeling of like the the outsiders and the found family and like people kind of banding together. Like I remember one of my favorite movies from like the nineties is The Faculty. Like that is oh, a, like a movie. ride or die movie for me. It's so absurd. John Stewart playing a science teacher who like bites it pretty quick. Like Rebecca was it stacked. Rebecca Romaine? Fuck yeah, like Josh Hart- Salma, Salma Hayek. <laughs> Salma Hayek, Josh Hartnett, which Josh Hartnett was also an awakening in my life when I was at a, of a certain age. <sighs> but just like these movies that seem to like take all these outsider folks, on, everyone kind of on the outskirts of of whatever their social situation is, and like throw them into the scenario where they have to band together and they have to do a thing. And like something feels so inherently queer about that. Like when you were growing up and like you found the one other queer kid at like your school or at whatever. And like, it didn't matter if you liked them or not, you were going to band together because you were all that you basically had. Um, I remember getting to college and it was like, we had like a, there was obviously there was more openly queer folks when I got to a bigger, a bigger college, but like you still like this small group, you're like, okay, we like, I don't love you and and I don't always enjoy hanging out with you, but like, I will throw down if like anything come like if anyone starts anything which again rural ohio things happened and so like i think there's some parallels of that that like i i find solace i think in some of the the ways in which the characters interact with one another that 
I think just speaks to that part of my coming out and my growing up experience. Um, which I don't think I really like fully had in my brain until I was literally just kind of saying this all out loud on this podcast right now to you all. So thank you. Thank you therapy for letting me talk. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, there are so, and there's so many movies. I think I mentioned like for whatever reason, Babadook became like a queer thing. Um, and I think it was like, people were like, Oh, it, it's dramatic. It made a pop-up book. It hates children. Like he's a queer icon. Uh, like he feeds on your sadness and depression. I mean, at the, even like more recently, I feel like that's why Megan worked is because Allison Williams was like allowed to be like someone who doesn't want a kid and isn't good with kids. And she's like, I don't know, take this toy. I don't know. Like what are kids like? <laughs> and that's like, kind of like when I'm, when I'm with my nephew, my sister-in-law will be like, all right, we can't play too much Nintendo. I'm like, what the fuck else are we going to do? Let's just play Nintendo. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so for, I guess maybe, you know, thinking about like the, the, places that horror can be going. Are there things that you're hopeful are kind of on the horizon, things that you're excited, like movies that you're, that are coming up that you're like pumped that are, that are happening. Um, like I know right now I'm really pumped that the scream franchise has like a very openly queer woman, yeah. like in She's the franchise right. mm-hmm. and like, and it just allowed it like the first movie that she was in, she got to like, she's like, I'm going to bang this girl over here. And you're like, yeah, you are. I love um, that. But I guess like moving forward, are there things that folks are are hoping for, interested in, wanting to see? Well, that is a big one too, right? Like I, I, I think that's actually a really good example of Mindy because um Oh, oh spoilers. Okay. Sorry. Let's <laughs> 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 stop myself for oh, a second. SB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. SB, so. Have you have you seen Scream Six yet? I have not, but no, I, I'm not one who care about spoilers, y'all. Go ahead and talk. Okay. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> not they're, they're not a whole lot of spoilers, but I think Mindy is a really good example of having a queer character like so centered in a franchise like this because right. um, her girlfriend dies in it. It's one of the kills, and it's okay because we know next movie. It's not like Mindy. You know, this was Mindy's one chance at, at love for the entire right. franchise, right? Like she'll likely have another romantic interest in, in this next movie, um, and so I'm really looking forward to things like that, right? Like I think we're moving into a really great space of. Um, I guess everybody calls it woke, um, but it's 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 you know having so much diversity and inclusivity and and all of these things that we had to you know growing up as queer people we had to like project onto movies that weren't telling us they were queer right but now right it's so overt that we we just get it we know it's queer we know Mindy's queer we don't have to like is is she or isn't she you know we don't have to do the Billy Stew thing yeah um, and right. have you know have people you know straight. Fans tell us that we're we're just why does everything have to be gay? You know, well, because that is gay. We know it is now, right? And the fact that we're and the fact that we're getting um, like very specific. I remember Hulu did their series of horror movies, and they did Midnight Kiss, which was like just a kind of dumb, campy slasher who done it with yeah. um, Luke Scott Evans. Evans? Scott was Evans. It Scott Evans. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was one of the Evanses, <laughs> but like it was just and like I watched it. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a dumb slasher movie, but like. It's explicitly gay, and I've watched worse. And every so, character is gay. Yeah. Uh, I, Espy, I think you were, you were going to say something. I was responding to the question that people always ask, uh, why does everything have to be gay? And my response to that always is because everybody is a little gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I am a firm believer that everybody has a little bit of homosexual in them, and that's okay. 
but I think the movies that I am, well, the movie I am looking forward to seeing, which we just found out the title to it, um, is The Blackening, because as somebody who's Black and queer and just has enjoyed horror movies for quite some time, you rarely ever see horror movies where the entire cast is Black. Mm -hmm. Um, And granted, this is a horror comedy. It's still one of those things. And I'm like, okay, this is a genre I love. I love comedy. And kind of back to what you were saying, kind of in the realm of wokeness. I say quotes. It's just politically correctness, which is nice to have. Um, It's interesting to see how this horror comedy goes. Because we know if you rewatch Scary Movie 1, Scary Movie 2, Scary Movie 3, if I rewatch that now, I'm going to cringe through most of it because I'm like, oh, this was yeah. this was okay in 2003, but now <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were making people the butt of the jokes that didn't need to be the butt of the jokes. So I'm interested to see how horror comedy evolves. I actually need to go see, I think it's called The Meth Head Bear, something like that. Oh, cocaine, cocaine bear. bear. It's so good. <laughs> I like meth head bear, I do. It, it was a bear on some type of drug. I'm not going to lie, y'all. When I first heard the name cocaine bear, I thought that that was a documentary about, like, a gay man who did cocaine. I, I knew so what you were going to say. Yeah, no, I, I did. And then when I found out it was an actually scary movie about a bear who did cocaine, I was like, oh, okay, I need to see that. I need to see that. But I need to go see that one. But just in general of how comedic horror evolves in terms of being inclusive i think that's the better way to phrase it being inclusive of everybody and not making the obvious things the butt of the jokes how are you going to get creative right right yeah and like i mean zach and i have talked about this but cocaine bear like right zach the horror does work for it like even though it's really fucking funny it also the horror is horror like there's this uh one of my like recent favorite horror chase scenes is in that movie and it has such a gross death that I did look away from the screen. Um, and Ian, is there, is there stuff that you're excited about things that you're looking forward to or, or directions you are hoping you get to, you get more of. So I like the shameless. So I wrote like a thing for Matthew Shepard foundation about like how we've been having, it does feel like we've been having like a queer Renaissance in horror or queer horror Renaissance. Cause like, you know, in Fear Street, the main character, it was like surrounding, it was like revolving around a lesbian couple. And that's fucking cool. And like in yep. Nope, Zach and I reviewed it. It was one of my favorite movies. I loved it. I didn't realize Kiki Palmer was supposed to be queer. I thought she was just like charming when she was like walking down the street. She was like, you look good. I thought she was just like being cute. I, to piggyback on that, her name in that movie was Emerald. And I have a coworker who is a lesbian named Emerald. And she was like, oh, my God. She saw the movie, too. She was like, Emerald the Lesbian, just like me. So now we all call my coworker Emerald the Lesbian <laughs> because the entire time we we're watching the movie, she was like, Emerald the Lesbian, Emerald the Lesbian. <laughs> so that is, I really enjoyed that movie, and I enjoyed the fact that they did have somebody who was very open with their queerness. And, like, she's a final girl, right? Like, she's the one that, like, gets the picture at the end and, like... I also like the idea of someone who's like doesn't take themselves too seriously also allowed to be like queer right. and the like hero of the you know the final girl. I like that because I don't always think you have to be super serious, right? Like it can be you can be like cracking jokes but also save the day. All right. Well, I want to make sure I know be respectful of of time. Um I know Miss Espy has a performance to get to and I do not want to hold her up. Um, so we'll do, we'll do a little wrap up if we, we'll do some socials. So I'll start with SB that way. If you got to duck out, you can, but, 
um, SP, would you, where would you, ah, let me use my words. If people would like to find you on the internet, where can people find you? Y'all can find me everywhere on the web at SP Simone. And if you search SP Simone and you see any naked pictures, y'all, it's not me. Um, I don't recall that happening. Um, but if you like the pictures and you want to hook up, it is me. And um, you can DM me on Twitter or uh, Instagram and let me know. Um, but yes, um, I stream. I don't have a stream schedule. I just kind of go live whenever I go live because I'm very busy. I'm in grad school right now. I'm working, all of that stuff. But if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I'm going live because I literally post like 30 seconds before I go live. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put links in in show notes as well so folks can find Twitter and and Instagram. I will not post links to other things. I'll let people discover those for themselves on the on the internet. <laughs> um, Ian, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at Ian X Carlos, and you can find my Buffy and Marvel and Pop Culture podcast at Slayerfest X98. And um uh, Zach can promo the podcast that Zach also co-hosts Slayerfest 98 sometimes. <laughs> But Zach, I'll let you promo a horror podcast. Yeah, My Bloody Judy. You search it, you'll find it. Um, you can also find me at Adventures of Zach and B. You search it, you'll find it. Pretty easy. Awesome. And as always, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, you can find all of our socials are the Queer XP on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and my Twitter is at ecrumrine. Um, but thank again, I want to thank all three of you for joining. This was super fun. I could, I could probably do like a three hour episode just talking about queer horror things. Really so, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome to every recording Zach and I do. <laughs> I, I'm aware. I'm aware. I listen to I listen to the scream one. I know. <laughs> um, but again, thank you everybody. I hope everyone has a good week, and we will see you all later. Bye.